0: Good morning and welcome to another edition of Dirt Radio. I am your host, Phil Evans. Um, I've got our co-hosts Jack Quigley and Megan Williams in the studio today. Um, But before we start, I just want to acknowledge that Friends of the Earth uh, show on 3CR Dirt Radio comes at you live from the Gargo on Wurundjeri lands in the Kulin Nation, otherwise known as Fitzroy in Melbourne. And that sovereignty of these lands has never been ceded. And we acknowledge uh, the elders past and present and those emerging in the community. Um, so good morning, Jack. Good morning, Megan.
2: Good morning, Phil. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, Megan.
0: Excellent. Um, so uh, it's uh, pretty exciting to to uh, uh, have you both in the studio, um, first time on the show. Woohoo!
2: Yeah. Very happy to be here. Thanks so much for inviting us.
0: Excellent. So uh, it's just been over a month since the state election, and oh, how time has flied. Um, regular listeners will know that Dirt Radio has been running uh, shows drilling into the key campaign asks for Friends of the Earth um, in the lead-up to the November 24 election. Exciting times, just over a month to go. Um, So we've heard about um, Act on Climate's push for a climate change-themed budget, Uh, Sustainable Cities Collective work to see more public transport spending, um, which has become a hot issue in the election coming up. Um,
1: Yeah, and so a few months back we spoke to Quick Coal, who are working towards energy justice in Victoria with the state-owned energy retailer uh, that offers affordable renewable energy to those who cannot afford it. And last month we focused on forests and the push for the creation of the Great Forest National Park and the Emerald, Emerald Link Reserve System.
0: Woohoo! Yeah. Uh, what an exhausting, exhausting month. But um, this month we've been talking to the Yes to Renewables campaign and their push to see Melbourne's train network powered by renewable energy. And today we want to look at renewable energy more broadly. So to do that, we've got a special guest in the studio. Um, Dylan McConnell is researcher at the Climate and Energy College at the University of Melbourne. And he joins us this morning. Welcome to Dirt Radio, Dylan. Yeah, good morning, Phil. Thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for coming in. Um, Firstly, um, how did you become so passionate about renewable energy that you wanted to uh, become a researcher on it? Well, it probably goes back... uh, Many years now, probably close to
3: two decades. Um, when, uh, yeah, so I grew up on a, a, a farm in regional New South Wales, and uh, I got very interested in a particular technology called solar thermal because it was very hot and uh, dry where I lived. Um, and I think I, I made my mum a, a, a watering system for a garden, and uh, I managed to burn myself because of the the temperature of the water. Uh, got to when I was making this, and and I sort of thought, oh, there's something in this this renewable energy stuff. I think, and th- from that sort of sparked my interest in that, and in fact, that sort of set my entire um, the trajectory of my, my my career. I guess I started studying solar thermal at Melbourne Uni, or the closest thing to it uh, that was chemical engineering, and then um, I got involved with Beyond Zero Emissions, and it soon became fairly apparent that the technology wasn't necessarily the biggest barrier to rolling out a lot of this uh, you know this renewable energy stuff and it was more uh, i guess policy and um, politics of of energy and i guess that's when i started to get more involved in the the system side of things and and understanding how yeah how how to make how to facilitate more renewable energy into the system because uh, yeah it's, it's obviously critical if we um if we want to avoid dangerous climate change
2: yeah Absolutely right. And I could agree that this is not a technical crisis, it's a cultural crisis that we're in. We know what the solutions are to the nature crisis, to the climate crisis, but we lack the political will to get it over the line. So listeners will probably know that after a strong community powered campaign, Victoria has a renewable energy target of 40% by 2025. How does that campaign, sorry, excuse me, how does that compare to what is happening around the country? and on the national stage doing
3: <laughs> well certainly very favourably at the moment because there's not really much happening at the national level at all and in fact it's it's really quite um you know initiatives like the vrit the Victorian renewable energy target as well as the um, the ACT scheme the, they have also a reverse auction and and also um, uh, the state government in um, Queensland have a Queensland renewable energy target and it's really um these sort of yeah uh, state jurisdictions that are really I guess holding the fort when it comes to renewable energy and and climate policy at the moment in fact many of the states have uh, uh, climate. Targets by 2050. I think Victoria has a legislated climate emissions goal or target of zero emissions by 2050, and I guess they've really, really filled the void that has been left at the the national stage.
1: Mm. Oh. Um, and for years, we were told that renewable energy was too expensive and uh, that it would lead to higher bills. Mm. Uh, have those fears become a reality?
3: Uh, certainly not in fact quite the opposite has happened certainly over the last yeah, five or six years um we've seen an absolute dramatic redu- reduction in the cost of solar in particular solar has um sort of reduced in the vicinity of um 80 percent in terms of you know capital costs in the, in that time um and wind has also come down as as uh, as well N- not as much but it, it came it's sort of started at a lower base it's still still coming down in cost and there's this sort of Essentially competitive with each other now, and I guess more importantly, they're actually um, they're actually cheaper than than the sort of existing uh, generation. They're they're sort of um, they're cheaper than building new coal. They're cheaper than building new gas, even, Um, and they're almost getting to the point where they're going to be cheaper than existing coal. Uh, We're sort of getting to this fairly interesting. Uh, a crossover point in the in the sort of energy transition where it'll actually be cheaper to build new renewables than put uh, coal or gas into an existing power station, and mm. that's going to really um, potentially change, you know, really shake up or speed up this um, this
0: transition that's underway. Sure, I've heard um, proponents of clean energy and uh, climate change action talk about nuclear as an option in Australia. I mean. Mm. You mentioned that uh, that renewable is uh, looking to be cheaper than uh, coal and gas infrastructure. How does it compare to nuclear infrastructure?
3: Well, I guess the first thing to understand about nuclear in Australia is that it, it's, it's illegal, and and I think you know the the timeline for even you know potentially building a, a nuclear power plant is probably 15 or 20 years in Australia. And that's sort of not really on the time scale we need to, to act in terms, of, in terms of climate. And, you know, we, because, because renewable energy is quite, um, you know, modular and, and uh, sort of relatively distributed and decentralised, you can actually install, in, the, in that same 15 years, you'd install a hell of a lot more renewable energy than you would of a nuclear plant. But um, I guess the other thing is, uh, because of the cost reductions that have occurred, have occurred with renewable energy, um, it, the economics of of building a new new coal, uh, sorry, a new big centralised sort of you know baseload in square square scare, scare quotes um, power station just don't don't add up in in a, a system that has lots of renewable energy. in yeah,
0: for sure. So, a renewable energy system <coughs> grid would that lead to a more decentralised kind of power network than what we see currently in Australia?
3: That's 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 where we're sort of heading. Um, it, it, I mean, there's sort of, I guess there's multiple schools of thoughts on whether we will end up in a, a highly distributed, decentralised system, or a sort of, sort of like a central, semi-centralised system, sort of like what we have now, but with large-scale renewable energy. I think in reality we'll end up with a mix of that, um, but the the nature of renewables means that we can end up with a mix. Um, I mean, we, we can't have a you know a, a coal fired power station on our roof or, or a gas fired <laughs> power station in the backyard. Uh, um, that's you know that's just a limitation of that technology, and that is not the same for, for solar and wind. We've I mean we've we've seen a couple of um, community owned wind farms or you know wind farms that have community participation we obviously have a hell of a lot of rooftop solar around the country and in victoria um you know people basically participating in the energy transition in a very direct way um and that's just not possible with those other sort of centralized large resources
0: yeah for sure we're talking to um, dylan mcconnell on uh, dirt radio you're on 3cr and we're talking about renewable energy today it's the lead up there's less than, or just over, actually, one month to go to the Victorian state election, and uh, energy policy has become a really hot issue as we're moving forward. Um, so, Dylan, I wonder if renewable energy is cheaper. Then, what do you see as the main blockages of actually seeing a really huge rollout in Australia or Victoria?
3: Well, I guess there's a couple of there's a couple of things. One is um, essentially this an issue I sort of touched on before is that at the moment renewable energy is is actually competing with all this old existing infrastructure that has sunk costs Um, you know it doesn't have to pay back capital it's been around for 30, 40, 50 years plus so it's it's um, it's basically it's from a if you're ignoring climate it's not sort of needed in the system and what what you really need is for those plants some of those plants to exit so there is space for renewable energy or you know that 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 is the natural thing to replace these things or conversely as we've seen with things like the the federal renewable energy target as more renewable energy comes in that essentially uh, forces out some of the older less flexible plant or um yeah sort of the stuff that's not as economic and and then that yeah, it's sort of the natural natural replacement for some of this this old um, this old equipment um, it's sort of more a question about now it's not really a question about um, you know what we should be replacing our our existing energy infrastructure with but how fast we do it um, so we could probably do nothing from a climate policy perspective and end up with a fairly you know maybe 80 90 percent renewable energy in 50 years time. That's probably not fast enough in terms of actually avoiding you know two degrees or 1.5 degrees of uh, climate change so it's more a question of speed now rather than the well that's how i see it anyway more question of speed rather than the actual end result um and yeah so the the barrier is the barrier is not so much that i don't think the technology really needs to come down and cost that much it just needs to basically have there needs to be some kind of uh, leadership yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah some, some kind of yeah coordinate or some kind of plan or some kind of um policy to actually speed up this or you know manage this this transition um and for st- the
2: average punter out there how do they get access to seeing that vision of a, of a future grid in australia that um, manages our climate crisis by rapidly um, transitioning to a just renewable um, power to count country um
3: i guess there's there's one a, a kind of good example is actually looking at what's happening in south australia at the moment you know we, we've seen we've actually seen um uh basically the they had a brown coal fired power station there or they had two actually and they've essentially been uh, forced out by by renewable energy uh, by wind power in particular and they're now now essentially even though it's part of the the broader australian grid that they're, they're essentially um leaders in terms of the amount of renewable energy that they have in their system they still have a lot of um well, a modest amount of gas in there, but, you know, with things like the battery and there's plenty of uh, pumped hydro projects and other sort of technologies coming in that will sort of displace that over time. Um, Essentially, I'm just trying to think, the Australian Energy Market Operator, AEMO, they they did a big um, integrated system plan earlier this year called the ISP. um, And in that, they basically said they projected that... uh, South Australia would be 100% renewables by 2025. Um, and this is this is from a fairly traditionally conservative institution that's, um, yeah, it's not, it was quite a, a positive thing to see them suggesting that, you know, that by, yeah, 2025, that basically all of the gas, all of, all of the uh, sort of old gas would be retired. There'd be still a little bit of um, sort of uh, peaking generation, but it wasn't used very much, so that practically all of the all of the system is provided by uh, renewable energy.
2: And I did, I did hear the head of Emo uh, on, on radio, <coughs> on the um, on the ABC, maybe one or two or three weeks ago, and she was clearly outlining that we we can meet the Paris commitments, mm-hmm. um, and we just need a plan that's in place at the national level. So that's great to hear from an institution like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you see more broadly as the next steps for getting more renewable energy in Australia?
3: Ooh, that's a that's a good question. I guess. I think there's some there's some sort of enabling infrastructure that needs to be thought about. And, and, and this sort of comes back to that question about whether we want to have a highly distributed system or a more centralised system. Um, you know, if we do want to have a more, uh, yeah, a, a, I guess a bit more centralised system, we need to think about transmission systems um, because building large renewable energy projects, um, you know, whether it's wind or solar, you know, whether that's in uh, outback new south wales or 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 even northwestern victoria um you know this is actually an active issue at the moment is how how do you there's there's sort of more renewable energy projects than there is transmission capacity to actually uh build them so basically project developers are being turned away because the 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 grid is full so to speak um, so there's, there's, you know, that that m- might mean, yeah, more investment in transmission lines, but it all, also could equally mean more investment in, uh, yes, more uh, smaller scale distributed generation, sort of closer to to load centers, which it also has, you know, it might need uh, some more battery storage or other forms of storage, um, or, or flexible uh, renewable energy generators, sort of like, I, I guess, one of the not issues but one of the i guess the design features of of all the the um renewable energy policies so far have been that they build the cheapest renewables um, which has been wind and solar now that's great for getting us a lot of the way towards our emissions reductions goal but we still need other stuff whether that is storage whether that is concentrating solar thermal whether that is biomass which has its own issues whether that is Uh, what else geothermal there's 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 a whole range of technologies that can provide that sort of balancing uh role that is currently basically provided by hydro and gas but we need to think about ways that they are incentivized um not just wind and solar
0: Yeah, sure. Um, There are a lot of new technologies that are being explored in Australia. Um, One of them rings to mind in South Australia, the underground coal gasification (laughs) disaster after we saw like a a huge amount of water contamination and ground contamination up in the experimentation in Queensland leading to a ban. how on earth are these technologies supposed to a compete with renewables in terms of safety? And like, what is the mentality of that's a good question the, of the uh, the people who are allowing these <laughs> these things to go to go forward? I uh, mean, it just uh, seems insane.
3: I have no idea. I, and look, particularly after the experience in Queensland, that seems um, particularly a, a, an interesting direction for South Australia to be to be looking at. Um, yeah, I, I mean, from from a climate perspective or from an environmental perspective, it doesn't make um, a great deal of sense, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. understatement.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: And the Yes Renewables collective at Friends of the Earth have been putting pressure on Polys to power Melbourne's train network with renewable energy. Uh, is that possible? Uh,
3: yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I really like this, um, this idea because what a big sort of issue in in Australia is that, well, um, yeah, particularly in Australia is you know out debate around climate policy has been consistently narrowed over time um so you know we we had a a carbon tax that was applied to you know a fairly large part of the economy then then we as we've gone through the various iterations of um the government um we've gone to an energy sector policy only then we went to a nem sector energy policy with the national energy guarantee so the national energy guarantee actually it wasn't actually um national at all it only applied to the eastern seaboard so there was actually you know western australia and and and, um, northern territory were not weren't actually covered by the national energy guarantee so we've continuously been focusing in on a you know public discourse sense on an increasingly smaller part of the system and you know to the point that we're talking you know electricity is uh, 36 odd percent of emissions and the amount that the NEG was looking at was even smaller so the NEG National Energy Guarantee was the, the previous um, the, the latest failed version of climate policy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was, I think, you know, representing maybe 25 to 28% of our national emissions, and things like transport are actually growing mm. substantially. S- transport emissions are, are one of the fastest growing sources of emissions in Australia, um, and so we need to think about how we actually are going to decarbonise those other parts of the the economy, and and electrification of transport is actually one of the best ways to do that, um, because, you know, whether it's replacing diesel with biofuels or, you know, the, the, the options for there are, are quite expensive or, or not that um, good or necessarily good from a climate or environmental perspective. So electrification of transport is, um, is well, it's certainly possible and it's, it's probably necessary if we're going to be
0: uh, having a deep decarbonisation. For sure. Um, We could probably talk about this subject all day because it is a fascinating one, but um, we're running quickly out of time. So, Dylan, we want to thank you so much for coming in and sharing your time with us today. No worries. Thanks for having me. Thank you.
2: you can get your copy of 3CR's book at the station during business hours at 21
0: Smith Street Fitzroy or online at 3cr.org.au forward slash shop.
2: Get a piece of your own history on sale for just $30. 3CR's Radical Radio is available now.
1: our 3CR Radical Radio t-shirts, and so do we. They're a bargain at $20 for adults and $15 for kids, and come in black, white, gray, and a cool light blue. To nab one of these beauties, drop into the station at 21 Smith Street, or order by phoning 9419 8377 or you can visit us online at 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Come on, you know you want one.
0: Hello, this is Dan Salton, and you're listening to 3CR Blackfellow Radio, Melbourne. You are on 3CR. This is Dirt Radio. Um, We've had a great show. We've just been chatting to the wonderful Dylan McConnell, who is a climate and energy researcher at the University of Melbourne. Don't forget, if you missed the show and you're just tuning in now, you can always catch up with a podcast at 3cr.org.au forward slash dirt radio. And whilst you're there, jump on and subscribe as well, because... You know, this is your station. It's all about community. Um, subscribers not only um, help keep fantastic shows like Dirt Radio on the air, but also um, subscribers can come in, uh, be part of the station, be part of the decision-making. So really jump on and subscribe. And if you want, you can always call the station on 9419-8377. That's 8377 And become a subscriber. Of course, Yester Renewables Collective meet every
2: Tuesday at Friends of the Earth and you can get involved by coming along to 312 Smith Street. That's 312 Smith Street, Collingwood, at about 6.15pm. About 16.15pm. (laughs) 6.15pm. And you can join in. But as always, there's so much that's going on at Friends of the Earth. What's coming up?
1: Uh, So coming up at Friends of the Earth, uh, we have a wine fundraiser. Uh, for the Ace Anti-Nuclear Collective.
0: My favourite, wine.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You can buy six bottles of wine and also support um, stopping nukes and uranium mines around Australia. Uh, Also at Friends of the Earth, we have a fabulous art exhibition from Catherine Hurst. There's some really beautiful uh, sculptures, crocheted sculptures and made with wood up in the mezzanine at Friends of the Earth, and they are really worth a look in.
0: For sure. They're really great, and that's just above the food court, so you can jump in, have lunch, and check out some of the arts and the fine, refined lifestyle in Mm -hmm. uh, Collingwood.
1: That's right. And uh, coming up tonight, there's a film screening at Loop Bar. We're screening Water is Life, the documentary about to stop fracking in remote communities in the Northern Territory, followed by two drag shows from... Uh, Fox Fluger and Discophoria. It's a fundraiser for the River Country Collective.
0: Ah, oh, one close to your heart, I know you mean. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: It's going to be really great, so everyone should come along. Excellent. 8 pm at Loop Bar. Cool. Um, <clears throat> and that looks like.
0: it. Yeah. And of course, there's all the collective meetings. Um, Jack just mentioned the Yes to Renewables one. Um, we've been chatting renewable energy um, all day today um, in the lead up to the Victorian state election in just over one month to go, which is pretty exciting. And of course, the um, huge event today is the uh, the big union rally that is happening in just over half an hour's time. Um, the next show, Corrie Survival uh, will feature with Kerry Lee and they'll be crossing live over to the um, rally and to get updates on how it is going. But if you are sitting in your office at the moment, it's time down tools, um, get yourself down to Trades Hall and be part of the huge rally. They're expecting crowds of up to 150,000 people. <whistles>
2: so it's pretty exciting. Very exciting. And uh, after you've gone there and felt the people power and the need to have... Um protection of our, of our workplaces, what you can do after that is you can head along uh, up to Preston to the old Fire Station Cafe Gallery uh, for Love Water Protect Forest evening, to pres- which is a musical evening to celebrate our forests uh, featuring local music and uh, to support the campaign to protect Victoria's forests in the campaign for the Great Forest National Park and the emerald link in the east of victoria
0: ah oh, fantastic fantastic so much to do so much to do so um we'll put um links up on the uh dirt radio page um with this podcast about some of those upcoming events and also places where you can find to get involved with the yes to renewables campaign to see melbourne's train network powered by renewable energy Woo-hoo. like it should be um, we've already got the trams, so let's get the trains going as well And of course, if you ever want to find out lots of events, you can always check out Friends of the Earth Melbourne on Facebook. So just go to facebook.com forward slash faux Melbourne. Um, There's always heaps of opportunities to get involved, not only just in the actions and um, the events, but also to get involved in the meetings and have your say in the way that the collectives and the campaigns are run. Excellent. So it looks like we're kind of out of time for the show, and I want to uh, thank my co-hosts, Megan Williams and Jack Quigley, and congratulate them on their first dead radio show. Here's the sound of a high five. Yeah. (laughs) Love it, team. Love it. Um, And of course, make sure you do head down to that huge union rally um, that is on. um, So on the way out, let's hear a a bit of inspiration for everyone heading down from punk rock legend, Patti Smith. Um, and one that will resonate with everyone, hopefully. People have the power.